Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Hi, this is Jake Smith, Director of Data Center Technologies, and I'm honored to be your backup co-host for Allison Klein for Intel Chip Chat, live from Microsoft Ignite in Orlando, Florida. I am joined today by a very special guest and also fellow keynote speaker, Ellen Kirby, Senior Manager of Technical Operations and Senior Enterprise Architect at Bradley Arendt Bolt and Cummings LLP. Welcome, otherwise known as Bradley.com. Yes. Ellen, welcome. And Bradley's a national law firm, and not everybody knows about a national law firm such as Bradley. So can you talk a little bit about the all-too-common IT challenges that you have there before we jump into your edge-to-cloud journey? Sure. I think with having about 541 attorneys across 10 offices, <laughs> only 541 of my favorite people on the planet, and having them and having to meet the expectations of them in a real-time scenario where at any moment they could have a need for any kind of data anywhere, whether it's last minute filings for a briefing, whatever it is, whether they come to you and all of a sudden they have an enormous case that's going to require a lot of mass torts. We just don't know at any given point in time what we're going to be challenged with the next day. I got less than a week's notice when we opened a law firm in Dallas. And I was like, okay. So I got on a plane and went down there and I had to start specking out what our infrastructure solution was going to be like. So it's really challenging for us because we have to know immediately and quickly and in a way that we can repeat the action no matter what the scenario is, how to provide them the best technical solutions so that they can in turn really provide that innovation to their clients. So lawyers are technical people? Some of them are actually exceptionally technical and some of them tell you to go away the minute you try to hand them any kind of technology. <laughs> well, so uh, you're one of the few people who paperless is not really an option for no, you guys. No, it is sure not. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the process. So tell us about how you embraced that flexibility and scalability, number one, as an organization. Mm -hmm. And then how did you partner and how did you choose your partners to build and start your cloud to edge journey. Sure, and I think our journey really began with a need to innovate in our new data center. So when we ultimately made a decision that we didn't want to keep our data center in a traditional in-house configuration, and we started to look at putting that in a location where we weren't handling the HVAC and all of the power needs and the distribution of all of that information, we wanted to look at that and say, what would make the most sense for us going forward? And how do we provide that along with a really flexible solution that's very elastic and can allow us to move content in and out of the cloud, and depending on what cloud that is, it's a whole unique set of challenges. So as we approached that data center scenario, we really started to look at some of the more traditional configurations where you'll have separate storage, separate compute, very traditional configuration, takes up a, usually a pretty substantial amount of rack space, and usually is very expensive. I think our initial budget was somewhere around $2 million just for the storage and compute. That wasn't even the networking stack. Wow. So as we started to explore that and started to look at that based off of what the firm had done five to seven years prior in its previous architecture, we really started to go, there's got to be a better way for us to do this and be more streamlined. And what we loved was what Microsoft was doing with Azure and what they were doing with that as a model. And it was right at the inception of Azure Stack, which of course I thought was fantastic, but I said, I can't quite really 
release that control yet. So we started to look at what we could do to adopt the same model and mentality that Microsoft has with Azure in our own managed infrastructure. So what we did is shopped around a lot of different partners to try to find that solution. And one of the things that was really important to us as we narrowed into wanting to use the Microsoft traditional hypervisor solution and really start to leverage HCI with S2D was finding somebody that really had that seat at the table and could understand that technology and could be very responsive to us on that. And we wanted to make sure whatever hardware they provided to us was top of the rung, was going to be the best and the most performant because you never want to have to tell an attorney that the reason that their data isn't accessible is because we didn't buy the best stuff. That never goes well, I promise you. <laughs> so that was where we really looked at data on and we were really interested in what they were bringing to the table along with the hardware that they leveraged to bring those things to the table. And that's where our relationship with Intel Optane started up because as we've deployed out that data center with originally a six node cluster and then have built out additional two node clusters and some of them are four nodes at our 10 additional sites, we've been able to expand that whole solution out so that we've been able to replicate what we have there with a scale up, scale out architecture that's very flexible and extremely economical compared to what we were originally facing. So like I was talking about yesterday in our key note, we went from really about a $2 million plan to about a $500,000 initial investment. And then at the remote sites, we went from thinking that was going to cost us around 80K a site to some of the sites we got into ballpark of around 20K. The bigger ones were really around 50K. So the savings across the board were phenomenal. But what we did is manage to do something that was flexible, was expandable, was trailblazing, but it was also extremely performant and extremely reliable. So you start realizing you're hitting all those check boxes for a win. And it really makes you kind of turn around and look at these solutions and say, now what are we going to do? Now what's next? Because you start to get that hunger of, I can improve this even more. Well, so we don't want to rest on our laurels. Well, you certainly don't. I can say that you and Paul Mowney are two of the hardest working people I've worked with in the industry, and it's an honor to have you here. But the thing that I love so much about our discussion and about the reality of the data that you've provided us is that you're getting that TCO benefit. Mm -hmm. And you talked about being able to, essentially 25% of your original estimate cost, you were able to deliver solutions for 25% of that. And then to the edge, you're able to deliver solutions from the 20 to 50K range, which was still almost 40% under the original budgeted amount. I'd say 60%, but it's about 40 to 60%. Why edge? What made you decide? I mean, remote offices, yes, but you've built an edge framework mm -hmm. for the future. And that's a little bit different than a remote office sort of, um, we'll just call it a virtual desk desktop infrastructure. You didn't build that. You built a virtual cloud infrastructure. We did, and one of the things I think really drove us down that path was this idea, like I was talking about at the beginning, of Azure's model and how we wanted to really drive what Microsoft was doing with their technologies in our own ecosystem. And so that was really interesting because as we started to price out, there are lots of fantastic vendors, some of them out there, that have some great tools for building out your remote office. And you start looking at the pricing on it, and quite frankly, you can get to the edge and have these amazing technologies, in a lot of cases, cheaper 
than if we had just bought a more traditional configuration for our remote sites. So that was pretty compelling. And then you add the fact that you've opened that door to having real direct access into Azure. And as you start moving more and more of your ecosystem, especially the things that our attorneys are wanting to do with business analytics and moving forward with some of the ability to analyze and provide information to our clients, we start looking at that capability for no matter what site you're at to have an amazing experience based off of where we need to put that content. So you talked about the amazing technologies and obviously I'm a technology guy, so <laughs> you're getting me excited. <laughs> what kinds of improvements have you seen in performance and latency with this new technology? So it's been across the board pretty amazing. And you know, I have to preface that with, of course, the technology that we had prior were definitely not all phenomenal. Intel, Optane, SSD, we weren't using all the NVMe, we weren't doing a lot of the right. I mean, it wasn't as amazing in terms of the way technology has progressed Can anyway. Can you say that again? It's amazing? Amazing, fantastic, but yes. So one of the things that I think was interesting about that whole process of trying to determine what we wanted to do with it was to say, okay, we have all these opportunities to build these platforms and utilize all of these technologies. How do we find the right way to do it for the firm, provide them the data that they need as quickly as possible, and how do we make it extremely performant? And what it ended up translating to are things like watching our VDI sessions that are running at the remote sites just drop significantly in login times. We would have people complain that they would log in, go get a cup of coffee and wait because we had all this stuff going on in the background and building their sessions. And now, you know, people are going, hey, this is less than 30 seconds and I'm in and I'm running and I'm working and you're going, oh, because it's just cutting down on those help desk calls and you breathe that sigh of relief because you know, once they're in that VDI environment, they're happy, but getting to the point where they're getting in there was always a pain point for us on the previous environment. And I think the other one that was real eye-opening for us was what we saw in our SQL performance, whether it was actual connectivity to the SQL, which was fantastic. That was wonderful, but really the big eye-opener for us was watching the backups from SQL. Wow. Just in the fact that we would go from not being able to make our backup window every night and everything that we had to back up, because as you can imagine, law firms, we like to keep our content forever. So we maybe have a few SharePoint I, I databases. You have to keep your content. Kind of a couple things out there, just a little bit. <laughs> Some content from the 50s. <laughs> yes, we keep our stuff. We love our stuff. We don't want to let go of our stuff. So in order to really make sure that you have that content and are backing it up and have a good experience with it, when we move toward this solution and we replicated the solution in our backup configuration as well. And when we watched as we were backing up the data, it really was amusing because I talked to my DBA one of the first nights he did it and he looked at it and he went, I think something's broken. I don't think the backup worked. And I said, what do you mean the backup didn't work? Is the file not there? And he looked at it and he goes, well, it's there, but I don't see how it can be there because there's no way it could have gotten done that fast. And I'm like, what? And he's like, I thought I did the math on it. And so we looked at it and he's like, that was the theoretical limit of how fast it could have backed that content up. Welcome to Optane. And I'm like, welcome. Welcome <laughs> to the party. Do you like it? And then he was like, I'm going to back up more and I'm going to do more stuff because you give them a little tiny bit. You know how it is. Well, and you, you've created an opportunity, right? Yes. And you've created an opportunity for your smart people to get smarter and be smarter and make your entire firm smarter. Yes. So let's talk about what comes next in this journey. Okay, mm -hmm. you, you've begun this process. You're a document heavy shop. We are, very So much. this is a full digital transformation that you're engineering here. Mm -hmm. You're not just engineering moving bits from one bit stream to another. You're taking physical images, converting them to bits, 
actually adding intelligence onto them and then putting them in your cloud and on the edge. So what's next in this journey? This is a big journey. This is it not is, and it's a long journey, I think. And by long, I probably mean five years. For us, that's like generations, right? That's like forever. <laughs> that's like forever. But I do think that we're at this amazing start of a journey. And I see it with a lot of the different investments we've made in our technologies all the way across the board. And I think this was the biggest piece of the puzzle. But I also look at how we're architecting our other solutions to really depend on how we've developed this and our relationship with Microsoft and where we're storing content in Azure and what we're utilizing out there and the ability to make wise decisions on what goes into what clouds and how do we manage all of those things. And this set us up so beautifully for that because now we can look at tools that come in and especially in legal, I have different types of applications that come in that are very small one-offs and they'll tout, well, we are a cloud solution and you start talking to them and you realize they're an IaaS solution with a SQL server and a couple web front ends and they want to talk about moving to the cloud and you're sitting there going, well, wait a minute, that's not actually benefiting us to put it in the cloud. Let's talk about putting that in our little data center that we're running essentially as our own cloud. And we save money and we improve performance by doing that. But you also have those scenarios where somebody comes in and you have a legitimate, really fantastic need to put that content either into Azure or other cloud solutions. And you have the capability to be extremely flexible and extremely performant with where that content goes and moving it back and forth. I want to talk about a unique thing that you've done that I think is pretty special. As a systems architect my entire career, I love it when I hear the stories about a fellow architect designing an infrastructure that has multi-factor authentication, but it's actually managed in a single location. Yes. So it gives you tremendous scale and it also keeps your systems clean. Yes. Can you talk about what you've done with Azure Active Directory services? So it was interesting because to a certain degree it was somewhat guerrilla warfare trying to get multi-factor authentication adopted across a law firm. And I will tell you, and I think a lot of businesses face this challenge, you want to simplify for your user base and you want to make sure, especially with billable hours, that you are wasting as little as their time as possible when they're trying to connect and do things, especially when they're remote working and they've got deadlines and they've got to get things accomplished. So at the beginning of the day, it's always got to depend on what your needs are for your users. I came up through the help desk before I ever architected anything. And I can tell you, the first thing that ever pops into my mind is, are my users going to be happy and are they going to like this? And that's where multi-factor authentication, I think, is really challenging in our industry because you have all these providers that offer these different ways to get in. And then you have these third-party solutions, some of them out there, some of them wonderful, that will put a pane of glass over the top of them so you can see where people are coming from. But why not natively do it within Azure? Why not leverage Azure's conditional access with Azure Proxy, set up what you want, and really if you understand what the query is coming in from the application, you can very, very small period of time build out that connection, leveraging things like ADFS, leveraging things like conditional access within Azure Active Directory, and you can have this amazing connection right in, and they use one application for application authentication across our entire ecosystem. So no matter where they are or what they're doing, whether they're connecting in with a VPN using Fortinet, or they're connecting into our document management system, or they're using Office 365, it doesn't matter, because everything comes in through our application on the Microsoft 
stack and there's no multiple places for the user to go, which helps them. What helps me is now I know what my users are doing all the time. And maybe that makes me a little big sister as opposed to big brother. But I like <laughs> knowing where they are and what they're doing. I like knowing that Jake is supposed to be coming in here and not in Malaysia and in you know South Africa at the same time. Right. And it's very hard to do that when you're diverse across the cloud. But you can have SaaS solutions and have them all authenticate because Active Directory is your key master. So I'm your gatekeeper and we're going to get it all figured out. We're going to Ghostbuster here in a moment. That's right. <laughs> but before we do, I actually want to talk about the partner who you worked with, mm -hmm. the solutions that were developed, which were based on Intel Select solutions. Yep. Your partnership here with Data On is very unique, so I want you to talk a little bit about that. So one of the things that I think is important is finding the right partner for you. And one of the things that I think Data On brings to the table that I have found unmatched with most of my other solutions is their willingness to jump in and help with every custom configuration and every way we want to do this. They bring that extensible knowledge of what Microsoft is doing on the S2D and HCI stack to their hardware but they take all of that content and they bring it to you in a way where you feel like you can completely be dependent and reliant on them. And it was funny, one of the questions that got asked at the end of the keynote yesterday was, what are the pitfalls and challenges? And my co-presenter really was talking about a lot of the problems and challenges he had, which were legitimate. And I sat there going, man, we were so lucky because our relationship with Data On made it where when we did run into issues, they were so fearless at finding ways to help us come up with better solutions and get us resolved and taken care of quickly. Let's talk a little bit about the future as you see it. Okay. Just the future in your world or the future in the world that you would like it to become? I think the future is making everything as easy as possible for the users while simplifying what we have to manage internally. So I think that future is different for everybody because I think there are going to be situations where you're going to be able to successfully move your entire ecosystem out into the cloud. And maybe 10, 20 years from now, that's a reality for us. But I think the future for us is finding that partnership with the right people to make sure that we continue to provide the best capabilities and technology so that our attorneys can be thinking about their billable hours and not about how long is it taking me to log into this VDI session. So it does make a difference because attorneys have only so many billable hours in a 365 day year, correct? You got it. Well, 366 next year, so we get that extra one. There you go. Law firms pick the extra year. I didn't know we could add a day, but there they go. Well, Ellen, you're an absolute pleasure to be on this podcast. I hope you come back in the future. Thank you very much. So wherever you're listening to this chip chat, my name is Jake Smith, Director of Data Center Technologies. I've been joined by Ellen Kirby, Senior Manager of Tech Operations and Senior Enterprise Architect of Bradley. You can find out more information about Bradley at bradley.com. Thank you very much, Ellen. Thank you, Jake. Visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com slash bigdata, intel.com slash cloud, and intel.com slash data center optimization. 